0: Log Talk Radio. Some days life feels perfect, other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. So it's crazy, amazing words we say, mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die, so speak I won't. It's like I'm drowning in the deep Well, it's crazy to imagine Words from my lips as the arms of compassion Mountains crumble with every syllable A can live or die with the words you say Raise your thoughts a little higher Welcome to God's Hour of Truth I'm your host, Apostle Ed Eberle I'd like to welcome everybody here in the United States and around the world to our program tonight Uh, Before we get started, uh, let's look to the Lord, Lord in prayer Heavenly Father, I just want to praise you I just want to lift up the name of Jesus Father, I thank you for this, for another opportunity to share the gospel, Father and, Father, I just pray that you'd anoint my lips tonight, give me the words to say, and, Lord, just prepare the hearts of the people, Father, to receive what you are saying, Lord, not just to be hearers but doers of the word, Father. May that be applied to each one of our lives and hearts. Now, Father, we take authority over all forces of darkness, anything that would try to interrupt the people listening, anything that would try to hinder it, anything that would try to hinder me. We take authority over it right now. I take authority over it, and in the name of Jesus, I bind all hindering spirits, all negative forces, all demonic activity in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, tonight that you will just have your perfect way and your perfect will and everything that's said and done, Father. This is truly your service. We give it to you now, and we give permission to the Holy Spirit to have his way, whatever he wants to do, Lord. This is your service, not mine. And we'll give you all the glory and the praise, for it. in Jesus' name we pray. And they all said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Hallelujah. Glad to be back another night here with you all. I just want to just praise the Lord. I thank God for what he's doing in and through my life, and I thank God for just what he's doing, period. And most of all, I thank and praise God for who he is, not just for what he does, but who he really is, because he deserves our praise and honor to the highest level. Tonight, I have a program. In fact, the title of it is Your Word Determines Your Success or Failure. Your word determines your success or failure. And it is so true as we get into this message here tonight. You're going to see. How truly our words, our mouth, this little tongue in our mouth, does make the difference between success and failure. And the choice is not up to God; it's up to us. You know, God has made all provisions for us. He directed us and He taught us what He wants us to know and to do. Now He just put it at our desk it's the uh, the buck stops at our desk like the old saying and it's up to us many times we say well the lord will do this the lord will do that and it's true he does this he does that but yet we're in covenant with god and we have a part in this you see many times we like to exclude ourselves and just just lay it on his lap because he has big shoulders and hey god will take care of it but no that's why he has you and i here we're to take care of business because jesus took care of business with me was here 33 and a half years, but he went back to the Father and is seated on the right hand. Now he's taught us, he's anointed us, he's called us, he's provided everything for us, and he says, now it's up to you, body of Christ. So what the thing is, for each one of us now, we need to be prepared to do the things that please him and to, to bring much fruit into the kingdom. Okay, your word determines your success or failure. Uh, James chapter 3 verse 4, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn to that if you don't have your Bibles, that's all right, I'll read it. James chapter 3 verse 4, Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of force winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Let me read that one more time. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven by fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, with whithersoever the governor listeth. You know, the tongue in our mouth is a very small part of our body, isn't it? And, of course, the, the uh, governor or the helm, the little thing on top of your ship, is small compared to the ship. And that ship is very strong, very big, and the winds drive it. But yet, the way that little governor turns is the direction that ship's going to do. It's going to go to the right. It's going to go to the right. It's going to go to the left. It's going to do to the left. It's going to make a circle around. It's going to make a circle around. In other words, that governor determines the direction of that ship. And, you know, it's the same thing with our tongue. Our tongue determines the lifestyle, good or bad positive or negative, victorious or failure, will happen, you see. Our tongue actually determines that because there's power in that tongue, and we're going to learn that tonight because we don't really, people many times major in the minors and minor in the majors. A lot of things that you think are insignificant by your words and your tongue and what you say, you don't give much thought about it. But the thing about that is, it's the thing that really counts. And Sometimes we wonder why we're having problems in our prayer life, or we're having problems in our life, things aren't going so good. We wonder, what in the world am I doing wrong? Well, like the Word says in the portion of Scripture there, the Lord said, you are snared by your words. You are snared by your words. So we're going to see how important this is this evening. Okay, honoring our Word. Psalms 138.2 says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise the name of thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. God puts a premium on his word, even above his very name. He says, I am that I am, but his word is above his name, he says. And you know why he puts his word above his name? Because your word is actually your name. Your word is your name, is your character, is who you really are. If your word is not good, your name isn't good. You are your word. Matter of fact, uh, it even comes to a place out of the heart, you know, the abundance of our words come out of our heart and out of our mouth, you see. The abundance of our heart speaks out of our mouth. That abundance in there, that's who we really are. It really signifies who and what we really are. Well, God was saying, not just in speaking those words in that way, way in uh, creative things, which we'll learn that happens by speaking words, but also about other areas about words, because there's different areas of words. Uh, we say, well, let's speak the word of God. We, we'll say, to declare this? We do this. And all that's true. That's all part of this. But there's different sections in the word. Honoring our word, it begins with that, because if we don't honor our word, these other things really don't count. Being as good as your word. Okay? What are a few areas that you and I need to really check up on in our lives to make sure that we are really honoring our word, that we're like what the Lord said there? He said, I put my word above my name. Okay? First of all, we have to say what we mean and mean what we say. Do we actually really mean what we say or words just fly out of our mouth? We say that somebody might say, hey, how are you doing? This is a... Word to say, you know, we bypass them, walk by them, say, hey, how you doing there? Do you really care? Really, it's just kind of an addressing thing, like, hi, how are you? But words should really be more meaningful than that to us, you know, because we need to take the things really seriously. Not that we everything that we say is just serious, serious, but yet uh, we need to take a look at what we say and what it really means, you see. Do we really care, you see? A lot of people say, I love you. And they don't really love the person. That's just something to say or sounds good or they want to just look right before them or please them, you know. A lot of people uh, say things to please people because they know that's what they want to hear. So tell them what they want to hear you say is what a lot of people think. But say what you mean and mean what you say because if you don't, you're lying to them. You see, you're deceiving them. It's deception to say something to somebody and not mean it. It's hypocritical. It's bad. It's wrong. So don't be telling people, saying things to people to make them feel good uh, just, just to say it, knowing very well you're lying to them. Another example is, like, you see somebody you haven't maybe talked to for a while, and you'll say to them, you'll say, well, we're going to have to get together here soon, okay? And in your heart, you might say, man, I don't want to be around that person. I really don't want to get together with them. But that just looks good, that sounds good, going to keep them happy, and everything's just going to be wonderful. Well, that's wrong because maybe that person will be looking forward to you getting together with them, and you never get together with them. How many times have somebody said that to you? How many times have they said that to me? I've had it happen a lot, and I've done the wrong thing that I shouldn't have done by saying it to people sometimes, and I didn't fulfill it. But I watch what I say. I've learned to watch what I say more, and I need to continue in a greater way because if there's anything has ever gotten me in trouble, it's my mouth. And I believe you'll agree with yourself about yourself because the greatest problem we have is that little thing called the tongue that we're talking about tonight. So be sure that you're not making false hope or false promises or saying things to people just to make them happy, but you know very well you don't mean it and you're not going to fulfill it. Okay, our word's who we are. It's our integrity. Well, sure, it is our integrity, who we are, because if we lie to people, if we deceive people, are people going to have any uh, confidence in us? No. When people lie, I lose confidence in them because you don't know if you can trust them. And if you don't trust people, that's a serious thing, you know. So uh, you have to look at uh, when you're talking to people uh, that you're fair with them and you're honest and you're up front because your influence in them will not be good at all if you aren't that way. If you aren't showing integrity, honesty, upfrontness, and, and as good as your word, they're not going to listen to anything you say. You're not going to have any influence. If you want to be an influence in somebody, be honest with them, be truthful. If you want to help people, don't lie to them, but tell them the truth. You see, sometimes it hurt people. People get mad at it, maybe. But I'd rather have somebody tell me the truth about something and lie to me and give me false hope, you see. So, by all means, always be honest with people. Another thing, what happens, I'll give you a good example. There's a scripture in Titus 115. Let me read this to you. Unto all, unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are fouled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even our mind and conscience is defiled. In other words, if you're a cheater and a liar, you're going to think everybody else is a cheater and a liar. If you're an adulterer or run around, you're going to think your wife or all women are adulterers because what you are, many times you think and see it in others. That's, that's why people will say, well, hey, don't wear rose-colored glasses because if you love the Lord, you have the good things in your eyes and your mind and everything. But yet we have to be cautious and open to the wrong things that try to come our way. We can't just see everything as rosy because it's not that way. But you have on rose-colored glasses, so to speak, and they're, they're God's glasses and see things as God sees them. But yet we have wisdom and know wrong, and we have a wisdom and know that somebody doesn't take advantage of us. But So what you are, what you do, is what you see others to that do. That's why a person that lies... And as a liar, well, they couldn't have much faith, could they, in anybody, because they'd think, hey, they're lying to me. They're just selling me a bill of goods, you see. You couldn't have confidence in the person that lies because you wouldn't think they're going to make good in what they say. If a person is as good as their word, would you want to invest money with them? Or they'd say, hey, this is a sure deal here. You'll make a lot of money. How about give me $1,000 here? We'll invest it. No, you don't want to take the word of somebody like that because you don't trust them. You can't trust people that lie, you see. But one thing about God, he's not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he should lie. He can't lie. God cannot lie, you see. He's not a man that he should lie. matter of fact, the Word of God says, let all men be liars and let the Word of God be true. So we need to recognize when we're in God's Word, what He says in there isn't something that's measured by what we some minute we saw some pastor do or a prophet or apostle or whatever. No, no, you never can compare what God's Word says to another individual, because we are to live as Christ and they're to see Jesus in us, they're to see those things in us. But the strength of the Word of God is not in any one or, or any one man or any one woman. Some people will measure and judge the Word of God by some pastors Will say, well, that pastor was a bad man. He didn't do the right thing, so I don't have any confidence in the Lord and the Bible and things like that. No. The strength of the Bible is not in the strength of anybody. It's in the strength of God himself, you see. So no matter what you see in people who profess things or in low positions or high positions, never bank on what they say or do, or if they fall short or fail, don't say, well, if so-and-so failed or couldn't work for them or didn't work for them, how in the world is it going to work for me? No. Don't ever measure yourself uh, with, the, well, with the Word of God, measure the Word of God yourself in the strength of somebody you know that appeared to be a strong Christian or a wonderful man, woman of God, great faith, or what have you. Never measure God in any human being. See God as God, you see. You have to recognize that God is God, and if everything and everybody else fails, hey, God is there. If God's before me, who can be against me? God is perfect. He does it all, no matter who falls to my left, who falls to my right, or whatever. But you need to be sound like that, you see, because some people's faith is crushed. When they see other Christians that maybe don't live up to what they expected, and they kind of lose Interest in the things of God and thinks it's all that way, you see. But God is God, so keep that in perspective. Okay? We have to honor our word, be as good as our word. You know, it used to be our word was uh, shaking of hands, wasn't it? You would shake hands to make a deal with somebody. Now, you have to have lawyers and contracts. You have to spell things out. and They put a lot of loopholes in to try to take advantage of one another. But back in the day it was always this handshake. And if you don't have a mindset of a handshake, if you're not worthy of a handshake and trusted like a handshake, you're not a good witness for Jesus Christ. People should look at you and see you're a man or a woman of your word and honor your word and you're honest and they trust you, you have integrity. There's too many today that are, have uh, titles before their names and might be famous and might have big churches, lots of money or whatever, and there's a lot of faults in their lives, you see. And this is something we cannot uh, have in our lives. We must be who the book says we are, even though we're never going to be perfect in this walk. But we must be striving for it. In other words, like Paul said, I'm pressing towards the mark, the mark of Jesus Christ. What he was, you see, that would be more like Jesus. Use your words carefully. Matthew twelve thirty-seven says, By thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. The words that I use in this life are going to justify me, or they're going to condemn me, you see. By our words, we're justified by God, or we're condemned by God. So make sure what you say is pleasing to God. Make sure it's not words and, and uh, attitudes and things that shouldn't be said out of your mouth because if it is, you better repent of it and ask God to help you with that. I know I've had that issue with myself with problems like that. I had to deal with these problems that words come out of my mouth and weren't what they should be. They were wrong words, maybe judgmental, critical, what have you, I mean, with we all details, but they just weren't words that are pleasing to God. I have to make sure my words are pleasing to God in all that I do. So make sure you're speaking the right words, words that lift people up, not condemn them, words of encouragement, words of God, the Word of God, and, and maintain yourself that way. It's something you have to work at. It isn't just something you say, well, I'm going to do this. You don't think about it. But this, uh, you have to weigh your words carefully. It's something you have to keep your eyes on and practice it, you see. It's like anything else. You have to practice these things because many people aren't used to doing this. This isn't a, isn't a thing that most people do, unfortunately, and that's why wrong things are said so often. But we have to uh, practice these things, put them into practice, do these things, and we become more proficient at them. So he says here in Proverbs eighteen twenty one that death and life are in the power of the tongue. What I say can, can bring life out of my mouth or what I say can bring death, you know, God created this world by speaking it into existence. He had faith, sure, faith. He is faith. He do not have faith. He is faith. I have faith, but my faith alone will not create any, anything. I must speak also. Remember in uh, Mark eleven twenty three, speak to the mountain. That's speaking of speaking to the mountains in your life, the challenges you have. He said, believe it one time in that. Scripture Mark eleven twenty three and if you read it it'll be say or say it three times. So three times speaking is addressed, one time believeth it is addressed in Mark eleven twenty three. That shows me it's the three to one ratio right there. So believe it in your heart, but declare it out of your mouth. And when you do that, it's gonna bring forth fruit, either bitter fruit or good fruit, you see. So that's another thing we have to make sure that the things are speaking life, not defeat death, sickness, fear, lack, oh me, I feel like I'm getting sick, oh my, I'll have the flu, oh, I'm not going to make it, I'm going to go bankrupt, I can't pay my rent, I can't do, in other words, speaking those things, or declaring, like saying, well, my headache, my cold, my this, making it part of you, you see, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, sin, this isn't be a part of our lives, you see, they're trespasses, that's a trespassing thing that comes into us. When things are like that, that isn't supposed to be a part of us. We don't claim ownership by things like that. We don't claim these things. These are things that we abstain from. These are things that have no part in us. The Holy Spirit, according to 1 Corinthians 6:19 and 20, dwells within us, you see. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And the Holy Spirit doesn't want not dwell with sickness, disease, lack, poverty, fear, hatred, jealousy, sin of all sorts. No, he wants it to be pure. He wants us to be pure, you see. So the things that are not for us, we need to speak and declare the things that are to be for us. In other words, get rid of those things in the name of Jesus. Speak them out, but don't talk about them and make them part of you. Because that's, that's what a lot of people do by their words, you know. You know, Romans ten seventeen says that faith come, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you know where fear comes from? Fear comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of the devil. It's just the opposite. There's always an opposite from God and Satan. Faith is by God's word. Fear is by word of Satan. So who are you listening to? Whose words are you speaking? Words of the devil, cussing, swearing, and and, uh, chewing out people and being mean and hateful of the devil, or loving people and trying to uplift them and doing the things that would please God in these situations. See, it's how we use these things that really counts. And that's what we're judged on. And by our words, you see. Now, why we have to use our words carefully is another good thing here that really helps us out. And this is this is really a good one here in James one nineteen. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every Man, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. If you notice here, be swift to hear. In other words, hear what's coming. And when you hear what's coming, you'll know, is it good or bad? If it's good, accept it. If it's bad, Second Corinthians ten five says, Cast down all imagination and everything that comes against the noise of God, bring into captivity every word unto Jesus Christ. In other words, to put it in simple language, anything that's not of God, cast it down. Just like you—you you hit a fly or a mosquito when you're out in summertime at a picnic table, land in your arm. You hit it right away. Do that when these things come negative towards you like that. You have to do that with the words that come at you because if you take those words and then you start speaking words, maybe just as bad as what you hear right there. That's wrong, you see. That's why we're to be slow to speak. Be slow to speak in a sense of be careful what you're going to say. Think before you speak. Don't speak by your emotions or by your feelings, because that's when we really get in trouble. When you get all upset and start speaking what you feel and say, well, I'll tell that person off, I'll tell them. When you get in that attitude, anything can come out of your mouth. You actually lose control, you see. So you need to recognize that. You need to recognize that what happens is when you do that, that uh, you are going to lose control and you're going to regret it, you say, Okay? Next thing, you know, as I said a few minutes ago, it's a creative force. It creates what you say. And when you use these words, either negative or positive, you're going to have a creative force right there. And it's going to make what you say, you see. So you need to recognize that you want to the fruit out of what you're talking about. If you talk about death, it's almost like some people say, man, I love that person to death. You don't want that person to die. Or I'm scared to death. You don't want to die. You see, people use that word loosely, and they don't mean it, but yet it's, it's part of the natural man's vocabulary, and we got to get away from that stuff. In other words, I love that person to life, you see. Not to death, I love them to life. So we need to turn our our mind and our words around to what the natural man says to what the spiritual man says. We have a natural man that would say that, but our spirit man would say the things that God would say, you see. So use your words carefully. Never speak out of your emotions because you'll always be wrong. Always be wrong when you speak out of your emotion because anger will be there and everything else, you just literally go off. So always think, and what would Jesus say? What's the Bible say about this, you see, is what you ask yourself. And, and then we need to cooperate with what he would say and then do what he said. And it's not always the easiest thing to do because your emotions, your feelings, and, and self gets in there, you see, if you're not careful. But that's why we have the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, and 23. Our character and our actions and what we display and do is in the nine fruit of the Spirit. So we need to apply the fruit, but it it takes you and I, when it comes to these things, we have to recognize it and then put forth the effort to do it. And if we actually do that, that's when we have the Holy Spirit helping us. But you have to choose to do it before the Holy Spirit is going to help you to do it, you see. He doesn't just pop upon you to do something like that. What he does, he wants the invitation. You say, Lord, help me to, to love this person. Help me to be nice to this person. Help me to be... Uh, not give up or not to quit, whatever the situation might be. And if you mean mean it, he does it, you see. It's like anything else, you know. We want the help of the Holy Spirit, but we must really want that and be willing to go for it, you see. In other words, not ha- half-hearted or half-hazard in what we do. We must mean business. When we come to that place, that's when com- God comes on just like that. But you have to be giving your will to him and doing what he wants you to do in that area. Okay, God's word and the power of confession. Well, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says the promises of, of God in him are yea, in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. And you know what that actually means? First of all, yea means yes, and amen means so be it. So when somebody says or you say amen, you're saying so be it to what they said. Now, if you don't want it to be, you're not going to say amen. If somebody says, let's go out and shoot somebody, amen, you'll say, so be it. No, I wouldn't say, so be it, if somebody said that. So what you're doing when somebody says, uh, like, uh, we need to serve the Lord, we need to give our hearts to him completely, amen, that means so be it. Yes, I, I, I believe that, I do that, and that's my desire, and that's the way it should be. In other words, we're giving the full... Uh, cooperation that we not only mean it for others but we take it home first with us you see before i pass it out to you i need to take it and dress it to me i must want to give god my all and put him first place in my life and i'll tell you that you see so so be it with me first and then so be it with you and that, that's what we're doing but there again we we're quick with our amens too we will say things because hey we know hey that's the right thing to do uh, of things that we say, but yet we don't really have the meaning of it We don't really understand it. It doesn't really mean anything to it. us. It just this sounds good It's just what people say in church, you say so think what these things are think what what amen means Think what uh, yay means. Yes. Yes. Amen that you're putting your seal of approval and Mean it to be part of you as well as part of other people you say Okay Peter one verse three and four, I want to read these two scriptures. These are I love these scriptures here because uh, what happens in these scriptures, you know, it tells us just what God gave to us. Really, it's in a nutshell right here, and that means there's nothing lacking. It says in Second Peter uh, chapter one verse three and verse four, according as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called him to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Okay? He has given us all these things, all these promises and everything, right? All right, there isn't anything that we lack that we have need of in this life or the life to come that he's preparing us for. So now to link that up with what I'm talking about here, about word of confession, uh, when we confess something, when we pray or declare things, we are declaring the promises of God. We're declaring these things that he's given to us, hundreds of promises, like by his stripes I am healed. healed. I can do all things through him that strengthens me. He shall supply all my needs. I'm more than a conqueror. You see, things like this, this should be part of us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. As you read those scriptures, those promises, they are part of this life. All for us, you see. First of all, read those promises and see what God's part is, what he did, and see what you're to do with them. Just like it says, and I've said this many times, but God uh, brought me to something here a couple months ago, Isaiah fifty four seventeen that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Well, He showed me that's a truth, but yet it says, "Thou shall rise up and speak against these things." Now, thou, who is thou? You and me. We are thou. So. I must rise up and speak against the things that are coming against me. He doesn't just, we don't just say, hey, you can't prosper. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper, Satan. You have to rise up and take authority of it and speak it. You have to declare it out, speak it, to say words. And that is what the promises of God are. We link it to prayer. It isn't, oh, Lord, help me. I need it. Oh, I need that. I'm hurting. Lord, heal me. Oh, do this, Lord. No, that's not really praying. That's complaining. That's grumbling, that's crying the blues. What God wants to hear is, Lord, by your stripes I've been made whole. You paid for my healing 2,000 years ago. And you said that no disease can stay in my body. You healed me of all my diseases, your word tells me. Your word tells me that I'm more than a conqueror. Your word tells me that God wants me healthy, you want me prosperous, you want me to have joy in my life and my heart. You want me to be a soul winner? You want me to speak your word? We want, you want me to be like Jesus? You want me to show Jesus? See, these are the things that we take, and we have to declare them, not just say, well, I believe them. That's true. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things. Jesus is in me. Yes, that's all true, but you need to be saying it. That's where the word comes in of declaring here when we say about the power of confession. You're confessing Scripture. You're not confessing your thoughts. You're confessing the Bible back to God, you see. You're taking his word to him. If you would be God, and I I hate to say it this way, but if you'd be God, would you want somebody kind of cowering down to you and coming up and saying, oh, God, I'm just a a no account, and I know I'm nothing, but oh, God, I need help here. I need you to help me. Or would you want somebody to come up to you boldly, like it says in Hebrews 4.16, when to find grace and mercy in time of need were to come boldly. Hebrews 4.16. And uh, when you come boldly, you would speak, hey, Lord, by your word, by your word, you said, by Jesus' stripes I am healed, Father. And I know that was part of Jesus' payment on the cross that I could be well. And Lord, I thank you that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. I receive that healing. I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. Your word declares it. You're speaking to him and talking to him about his word, speaking his word back to him. And what he would do, and that's the way I see it, he'd say, well, I'm proud of that man or I'm proud of that woman because they're bringing my word back to me like they believe it. They're depending on me to do something because they look at my word and I said to my word, I would do it, you see. And that pleases God when you, when you say his word back to him because you're showing him that you actually believe him. But if you come crying, the blues, the nuts. Uh, declaring the Word of God, uh, he's not going to pay any attention to that. That's just murmuring, you see. So there's power. There's power in confession, you see, declaring it. In other words, like the Lord spoke the world into existence. He spoke it into existence, you see. And that's something, that's an area that I have noticed. In my own life, I've noticed in many people's lives, many people... If there's anything that we've forgotten, and we didn't really forget it, but we can be sidetracked or, or kind of have a curve thrown ass about that, is speaking it out. Many people say, well, I believe I'm healed. I believe I can do this. I believe it's for me. But are you saying out of your mouth, I thank you for these finances coming into me. I thank you for my healing. I thank you for my son being saved or my daughter being saved. I thank you, Lord, that you're working out this problem in the family. I thank you that you're working out the problem in this marriage, whatever it might be. You see, we need to declare those things and by the word of God, you say. But uh, a lot of times it's not spoke out of our mouth. We say we believe it, and we honestly might be believing it and looking for it, but there's power in that confession, you see. There's something about that, and it's the way God set it up. You know, I can't tell you why you should do this, you shouldn't do that. All I know is he set it up that way we're declaring. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. You know what that means? That means that the blood of the Lamb is what Jesus paid for. In other words, that was his part in whatever we have need of, you see. Now, our part in that is by our testimony. What's our testimony? What we declare, What we declare is ours, what we declare God has for us. That's the word of our testimony. So we became victorious because of what Jesus did and because we declared his word, you see. And that brought the victory. That's how we overcame, you see. So the two go hand in hand because we're in covenant. We're in covenant with God, so therefore he did his part 2,000 years ago. Now it's our time to do our part in order to be a recipient of it, for it to be a reality, not just something we say we believe, but for it to actually work. That's the thing about Christianity that differs from any other, and it's not a religion, it's a personal relationship, Christianity. They want to call it a religion, but it's not. But the difference between what we believe and what everything else in this world is as far as religions is concerned, ours actually works. Ours works, and it's for real, you see. The others don't work. God backs up ours, you say, okay now let's let's uh let's look at prayer a little bit closer. We're talking about these things right now. We have all this going for us, and uh, why what does God's word say about your need? okay, that's the first thing that you need to look at when you have a a need or a problem or a challenge that comes your way. the very first thing when you're praying about something is to find it in the Bible. Find that promise in the Bible. It's very simple. You know what I'm going to be saying to you here? But unfortunately, a lot of people don't do that. They just get all excited and upset and and get depressed and, and just worry. But this is what God wants us to do. He says, find what I'm telling you in the Word. Then make sure that your heart is pure. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. God hears not the prayer of a sinner, but he that worship him and does his will. That's John 9.31. Okay? Now, if my heart is not right, it's going to nullify my prayers. So make sure before you come before the Lord that your heart is right. And that isn't just something we should do when we're praying about something. We need to uh, be in tune with God. If we do something wrong, we repent of it, you see. We're, we're sent to the Holy Spirit. He'll let you know if you say something wrong, you do something wrong, uh, something you need to repent about or you need to do this or you need to quit doing that. When you're close to the Lord, you'll know these things to say. It's not something you wait till things mount up and about a week later, oh, Lord, forgive me for what I did last week. No. No, it's a daily minute-by-minute minute process, you see. And we're not sinning all the time. There's times that we we uh, do something wrong, we sin or whatever, uh, then we, we repent of it. Like it says in First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But here's, here's the thing about it. We want to be sensitive to that and make sure that our wavelength is open between us and God, that there's no blockage in there. And if we have a pure heart, well, I, I'll tell you what What I'm thinking of right now. Psalms 51, create me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me, O Lord. Create me a clean heart, renew a, in me a right spirit. And if you have a clean heart and a right spirit, you're right before God, you see. And then it's just a matter of coming to him by what his word says, you see. Finding the scripture, whatever it pertains to it, all right? All right. Now, when you find that scripture, you pray the scripture out. And then you release your faith, whatever it is. You release your faith to God. And know this, when you release your faith to the right heart and faith believing, and then use faith receiving because you believe it's true, now, Lord, as I release my faith, I release my faith now, and I receive it because it began in heaven, right? When I release my faith, and it's a done deal. Whether it manifests right now or whether it's later, it makes no difference because it actually began in heaven. When you do that, it began in heaven. You began something in heaven. Sometimes it will be instantaneous miracle. Sometimes it will be later that you receive whatever it is. But when you're praying and declaring that out of your mouth, you accept the fact that it's done in other words, I receive it. Know more about it, and something that you never do unless you didn't believe the first time. but don't go back and uh, when you feel maybe the next day you might uh, feel a little bit challenged, or things might be appearing to go the opposite way of what you prayed for. Well, you don't uh, you don't pray it the second time because you know that'd be like praying a salvation prayer the second time. You know, you receive Christ your Lord and Savior. Then the next day you go back and receive him as Lord and Savior again, then the next day again. And what this is actually saying is you never accepted him as you were. He was your Lord and Savior. You never really believed that. You keep coming back and saying, Lord, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. But it shows when you go back again that you don't actually believe he is your Lord and Savior. So that you had, you had no faith in that, you see. And that nullifies what, what you did. It would be like if, uh, and I use this example many times, be like if I would tell you that uh, next week this time I'm going to give you $25. And uh, then tomorrow you would call me up and say, hey, uh, uh, will you give me, I need $25. Will you give me $25? Yeah, I'm going to bring it to you next week. Okay, next day you ask me again. Uh, it would go on a little while, and what would you think of, uh, what would you think I would think of you? I think, hey, that man or that woman didn't believe me. They just thought I was pulling their leg on this. They, they don't trust me. They don't believe me. They never believed I was going to give it to them. They think I'm lying to them. And that's what God thinks when we do that. You have to come to the point of believing as you declare these things. That's why we declare the Word of God. That's why we declare what His Word says. And then we release our faith. Hey, Lord, I release my faith. I believe it now. Lord, I... Yes, I, I just. you can put your hands up. I believe it when you put your hands up towards him, reaching your hands towards him. And then you can just bring your hands back towards your body. I receive it. In Jesus' name, it's done. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Consider it done out of your mind. Because when you do that, you know what happens? What happens is you have peace. You released it to God. That means God can work on it. But if you hold on to it and worry and fear and and uh, troubled about it, God can't do anything because he won't do anything while you're in that place because you still have it. He can't take it till you release it to him. And he gives you peace and, and comfort in place of worry and fear. Plus, he works on that problem, that, that challenge that you're committed to him. You see. So when you don't do that, you're not only miserable, but you stop the hands of God. But when you release it, you get peace and comfort and knowing that everything is well and knowing that God is taking care of it. And when you know God is taking care of it, hey, it's easy. It is. That's peace, you see. But that's a point you have to come to. And like I say, you never pray the second time. And a believer believes it, he declares it, and he acts and he like it. He acts like it. In other words, once that's done, you say, okay, Lord, I thank you. This is a done deal. You get up, you praise him, thank you for it, and say, now, Lord, what's next? here? What do you want me to do? Your mind's no longer in that direction anymore. He's got it. Why should you think about it? If he wants to say anything to you about it he wants you to do something, he'll let you know, but he's got the thing. So now, what's next, Lord? What do you want me to do? You see, a lot of people ministries and their lives kind of stop when they're boggled down with the challenge that comes away because they never released that challenge to God but when they release that challenge to God then it's business onward you see that's when you go and grow and when you do these things you're growing you're going to get into a higher level of faith and you're going to be used more you're going to have more fruit and you're going to have a much more peaceful life and a joyous Christian life and abundant life when you do these things you see and this is what that, what that leads to. But when you don't do it, see, that's the that's devil's way of keeping you bound up and not you not being used. You can be a powerful vessel for God, but yet if you get caught up in something like that, what's going to happen is you're going to wind up in a situation that uh, you're going to stop. You just won't be doing anything. and See, that that's the devil's favorite thing to get you in a place that you're off track. You're off the track, and therefore you're not doing anything. You're not productive any longer. So you see in these words the important thing that God is trying to tell us, first of all, is being as good as our word. In other words, our word is our bond. Out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks, and we speak good things. And say what's in comes out. So by our word, we're living a life where we're as good as it word. If I tell you I'm going to do this or I'm going to call you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, I'm going to call you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. If I tell you well, I'm going to be here, I'm going to do this, I'll do this for you, I'm going to do it. But don't make false promises to people. Don't make false promises because I'll tell you, I, it's <clears throat> excuse me, it's unbelievable how many people promise me things and not deliver. And I'm sure many of you will say the same thing. Many of you will say the same thing about that because people today, it seems like in this hour especially, you can't take people at all for the word. They just say words and it means nothing. And, boy, we see that, don't we? A lot of people lying all the time, just lying to people, trying to uh, build them up for a bunch of lies and make things sound what they aren't. I mean, we we have a bunch of liars around us, you see. But you and I aren't liars. We tell the truth because we we represent truth, Jesus Christ. He is the way, truth, and the life. So we must be truth. We must be walking in the truth. Okay, we're uh, men and women of honor as far as the words are our words, right? Okay, we have to use our words carefully, and that takes practice, that takes time, that takes uh, effort on our part. It, it's, a, it's a job, it's a work, it's something you have to work. And you become more proficient at it. You're not perfect at it, and I'm not perfect at it either, and I don't know anybody is perfect at it except for Lord himself. But we're like the Apostle Paul, we're pressing towards that perfection, and we're all getting better at it, you see. But we need to be working at it. That's the important thing of all these things. Is many people know these truths but they do anything about it. No, just living, just doing what I'm doing. Are you actually working at making your words better? Are you working at uh using your words carefully? Well, I know I'm to do that, but uh I'm not really working at you say, I just talk and you know, I feel like saying it. I'll say that, I'll say this. No. We need to ask God, how am I to speak? What words am I to use to people? You see, we need to do that because people need to hear certain things we come into every day. That's something that might be the difference between them going to hell or going to heaven, you see. In other words, we are to speak words like Jesus did. He didn't waste words. God doesn't waste words. Our words need to be productive. They need to to end somewhere to do something positive. And when we speak the Word of God, what the Word of God says, and we speak the words that God would have us to speak, We'll be used in that way that we'll see results like Jesus did. You see, these results will come forth as you do these things because you're setting yourself in a place. To you, you have to put yourself in that place of doing these things. But when you start doing them, that's when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and works in and through you like you never used before. You see, that's how that works. That's how that works. So. Honoring our word, it begins with, and then used our words carefully, making sure the words we're saying, because we say God words, then God is going to show up and show out for us. Amen. We all want God to show up. We want him to show out, don't we? But the only way he'll do it is when we do it the way he wants us to do it, because God doesn't change his rule book for you, me, or anybody else. We have to do it God's way. It's God's way or the highway, as far as I'm concerned. and That's what God is concerned about. You either do it his way, or it won't be done. You see, he doesn't he doesn't uh, show favoritism with anybody. We either do it his way, or it won't get done. Okay, the next thing that power of confession we said a few minutes ago. Recognize there is power that confession as we talked about a few minutes ago. There, it brings forth results. In fact, Isaiah fifty five eleven says, God's word sent forth will not come back more, but it will go forth and. Do the intended purpose that he sends it to go, you see. In other words, just to bring it instead of quoting the scripture to you completely, just to say it to you. He says, my word will go forth. It won't come back for but it will do what I want it to do. And that's what it says in this simple English that you and I understand. It will work. But are you saying that? Do you believe that, you see? You have to believe that these words, when we talk about uh, the power of confession, you have to believe, hey, this is the power of God. This is God's word. This will actually work. When you command Satan out in the name of Jesus, you have to believe he'll go. When you command sickness out and declare in the name of Jesus somebody's healed they're well or whatever it might be, you have to believe it's done. You must believe it. That that's God speaking through you. You must see it and believe that It's God doing it, not you, but you must believe that God is backing up what you're saying. You need to expect talking about declaring the words uh, out of our mouth, you see. declaring, like speaking to the mountain, declaring to the mountain, be thou removed. I believe it, and I command this mountain of death, this mountain of sickness, this mountain of whatever it is, I command it to go in the name of Jesus. And you have to believe it, whatever you're doing. I, I'm just giving you some examples now of, of certain things, but in specific, you just command those things to go in the name of Jesus. Those mountains, they must go. You must believe in the name of Jesus. If you declare the word of God over them, it's going to heal them, whatever it might be, whatever the situation is. And then we we talked about getting results and, and, of course, knowing it's Bible, making sure our heart's right, and consider it done once we do it. In other words, we don't go back and pray for it again or say, oh, my Oh, this isn't working out the next day. you say, Oh, this isn't working out. I prayed about this. I prayed to go east, it looks like. Like we're going west. It don't matter if you're going south. It don't matter what direction you're going. A lot of times I've found when I pray for things, it appears like the opposite thing is happening. And you know why it's that way? When you see that happening, say, oh, my, I figured it would go like this. Isaiah 55, 8, and 9. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways and thoughts are above yours. So, therefore, God is going a certain way, and if they're above mine, how in the world can I know that uh, which way to go? I can't. God's ways and thoughts aren't my thoughts, so how can I say which way he's going to direct what I'm praying about? If I try to do that, I'm trying to play God, like, hey, God, I know in my little fleshly mind what you're doing. Well, that's ridiculous, isn't it? The only way I can know what God is doing is if he gives me revelation of it, you see. In my human intellect, I don't care if you're Einstein or who you are in your brain, you can't possibly do it because his ways of thoughts are above us. You can never figure it out. You can never do that. Nobody can unless he gives you revelation on it, you see. So therefore, that's where that little word trust comes in. You trust him no matter what you're seeing because, hey, Father knows best. He's doing this thing for me. It looked like I would think I'd be going south, but he wants me. He's going west in this thing, so I'm going to let him go west because west has got a better way of going than what I thought, And it will always turn out better than what you thought. That's what's so cool about it, you know. You had thoughts and ways of what God was going to do, something great for you, and it wound up what he did was far greater than you even thought about. So if did your way, you'd have been short-changing yourself, right? Okay. Then just simply believe when you pray. Declare it and act like it. And we're not talking about being a phony, acting like this, and then uh, one way, and then when you get by yourself or with somebody else and you act another way. I'm talking about when you're by yourself, at bed at night or with your wife, uh, if you're single, if you're married, whatever your situation is, but when you're by yourself, we'll say. Say you're by yourself. We won't have you with your wife or wife to husband or anything. When you're by yourself, how are you, your thoughts, what you do? Uh, And things like this, you see When you're not seen It's what you do when you're not seen Is a real you That's what really counts It isn't what you are seeing By people, what they think of you But how are you in privacy Just you there But uh, I got a little word for you on that God sees it, you see God sees it But you're there by yourself Just like right now I'm, I'm by myself where I'm at I'm speaking through this phone But yet, God is here He sees me as I am. Nobody else is seeing me. You're hearing what I'm saying, but nobody can see me. But yet, God sees me. You see, I'm not fooling him. So he judges you when you are being what you are by yourself, the real you, not when you might be out maybe trying to impress somebody, which you should never do. You never allow the people to try to build yourself up like you're something that you aren't. Because I'll tell you what you get yourself built up to something you aren't, you're going to disappoint people and they're going to gradually cut you off because they're going to find out that you're not the man or the woman you thought you were and you professed to be when they get to know you a little bit better. They'll see you for what you really are. The truth to you really comes out is you get to know people more. They can build themselves up to a great thing, but they find out that they're down to something small if they're building themselves up and can't back up what they're saying. Just be yourself. Be yourself and be honest, you see. That you don't have any reputation to live up. You're just you. Therefore, there's no pressure on you. You're just letting the Lord live for you, live through you, rather, and do things through you without any preparation in those things. Are you just allowing him to do it? You're not thinking, well, what will they think of me if I say this, or what will they think of me if I say that? No, that isn't about that at all. It's about you being you and just doing what he has you to do, and not thinking about what anybody thinks, cares, or thinks about it, or says about it, but just you're obeying the Lord. You see, these are little things that I've said in this program tonight. If you take these to heart and apply them to your life, you're going to find life's going to go a lot better for you. I know it works a lot better for me when I do this. And if I get out of joint and don't do it right, I suffer the consequences for it. So, that is my little message tonight on uh, words and the tongue. But uh, the tongue and emotions, uh, yes, Lord, your tongue and emotions are deadly. They are deadly, tongue and emotion. If you allow your tongue to be governed by your emotions, you have to be governed by the Word of God, slow to speak. You have to not live out of your emotions. You live out of your spirit, man. That's why if you live out of your spirit, man, you won't fall prey to your emotions. Because doesn't the Bible tell us that we're to reckon ourselves dead? So a dead man can't say anything in the flesh. If I, my body was dead now, I couldn't talk here, could I? But my body's living. Now, something goes crosswired at to me. I have the opportunity to do the wrong thing, take the low road, or I can take God's road, you see. So, but I have to reckon myself dead. That Hey, you can't say this. You're dead. You're living out of your spirit, man, the real you. And then you're going to do things and say the things that God would do and say, you see. That's the power of the word. That's an integrity of the word, declaring the word. So you see there's many faucets to the word that we're talking about here. And I think you got the message here, how would the live be as good as our word? The words we're to say, we're in what we say and act upon those things slow to speak. And uh, when we put them in action, we call it a done deal with God. We learn how to do that. So you and I walk in these things right here, we're going to be walked just like Jesus did. We really will, through the gifts and the truth of the Holy Spirit. And we'll be pleasing him in all ways. Okay, let's have a word of prayer here before we sign off and, and uh, for the evening, all right? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this evening. Thank you for this word. Father, as I spoke the word, Father, I didn't just speak this word out Uh I didn't rehearse anything. It wasn't what I thought or anything. It was your word, what you said, root that you said it, what you, you said, because I know it was the need of the people. As I was speaking those words, I recognized that, hey, you're saying these words out because we all need those, maybe especially some people. Father, right now I would just pray that everybody that hears this word and has heard this word tonight will not only just hear it and say, oh, that's a good word, that sounds right, that's a good word. No, not that that they would receive it, each one of us, myself and everybody included, and walk in this truth and these words, Father, because we know that that leads to victory. That leads to success, not failure. As the title of this message was tonight, uh, our words lead to success or they lead to failure. We want them to lead to success, and I pray this over everybody listening right now and everybody that will listen. I speak this, successful fruitful life a blessed life overall and father you said it's you that works the will and do your good pleasure in us In philippians two thirteen, and i pray that each one each one of us will allow you to have and do your good pleasure within us that would please you lord and bless us father now father i just i just want to thank you for the evening and i just speak your blessings on everybody tonight and I thank you for the privilege of sharing your word. In Jesus' precious name. And they all said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Okay, I enjoyed tonight, And I thank you all for listening and everything. And, and I do ask you these messages, you know, you can listen to them a second time. Show them to your friends and everything because that's what it's all about. It's all about getting the word to people. Because these words are not my words, they're God's words. And if you apply these words, he's the one that gives you the guarantee on it, not me. But he does. He guarantees it. See, they're his words. And your life won't come back void as you take that word in. Because word won't come back void and you won't come back void, but it'll do in you what God intended to do in you, okay? Okay, you all have a blessed night, and we will see you in a couple weeks then, okay? Love you all now.